Welcome to Strange Familiars. Allison. Yes. Where have you been? I don't know. <laughs> you have to account for your absence. Did I miss something? <laughs> You've missed like eight shows now. I have not missed eight shows. Yeah, I don't remember. I think many. I slept last week. You weren't on last week, I know that. On tonight's show? Yes. I will be talking with Joseph, who has several stories to share with us. Perhaps the most interesting is... And this is the first I've heard of this. Maybe other people have had this. Maybe it's been on other podcasts, but this is the first I know of this. Okay. A shadow person abduction. Like where you abduct a shadow person or a shadow no, person he abducts was, you? He was abducted by a shadow person or attempted abduction. Either way. He and was, like taken back to their lair? Well, you know, just listen and okay. see. It's very, very interesting. Before we get to Joseph, I want to thank our patrons Thank you so much, patrons. Thank you for your help. Thank you for everything you do. We could not make Strange Familiars without you. If you like Strange Familiars and you want to help us make the show, you want to support the show, and you want to get extra content along with that, you can become a patron at Patreon. It's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. All of our patrons get commercial-free versions of the weekly episodes, plus extra episodes every month. We try to do two, but... We'll at least do one for sure. To check it out, go to patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. I don't know what's going on with the Apple Podcast subscription. It looks like people have signed up. I can't tell if it's working. I can't see the statistics or anything like that. I've got a help desk note in to Apple, see if we can figure it out. Hopefully, we can get that worked out and people can sign up there as well. But for now, patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. All right, let's go ahead and talk with Joseph. I'd like to welcome Joseph to the show. How are you doing tonight? Oh, doing great, man. How about you? Doing good. Doing good. Well, you wrote and you said you had some experiences to share with us. I'm excited to get them down for the show. Can you let us know, you know, as much as you're comfortable, you don't have to be exact with where things happen, but give a general location, a state, town, whatever you're comfortable with, and uh, start walking us into your experiences, and I'll ask questions as we go. Cool, yeah. So I'm uh, from Northwest Arkansas. All these stories pretty much take place in Northwest Arkansas, kind of full spectrum across the board. But if we're going to jump right into it, I guess, first experience I had... um, I was about four, so this would be 91-ish. I was about four to five years old, and uh, parents had just separated, and uh, I'd got with the, my stepdad at the time, would be my stepdad, and um, mom puts us to sleep. We were in a town called Green Forest, and mom puts us to sleep for the night. Me and my sister shared a room, and uh, I'm not sure when about it happened, but I wake up at some point to a shadow figure coming over the bed and then grabbing me, throwing me over his shoulder and taking me a short distance before throwing me in what I thought of as a box. Uh, I thought it was like some sh- sort of chest or 
box at the time. So as he throws me over the shoulder, I just start fighting. I'm just kicking and screaming, trying to get away. It, uh, throws me in the box and I continue to do the same, uh, just pounding at uh, all, all the walls of the box. And about the few minutes into it, what I, what I assume was a few minutes, I start hearing my mom and stepdad talking and they're like, you know, I can hear a little bit of panic in their voice and not sure why they're not coming to get me. Like, I'm in the box here. So I hear them like deliberating on what to do. And then finally they come in my room and they flip on the light and, um, I see light from underneath on the bottom of this door. Well, it didn't take me long to realize I was in a closet. Hmm. But the weird part about it, you know, and I had no context uh, as a little kid. I've never slept walk since, but my mom lets me out and it was just all very shocking. Like what happened here? So my mom's like, well, what happened? You know? And I was like, some man grabbed me and threw me on his shoulder and threw me in there. And, uh, she's like, well, what did he look like? And I was like, he looks like shredder from the Ninja Turtles. And that was my frame of contact for some villain. And I remember seeing the shadow figure. I don't remember seeing, you know, him per se, like it was Shredder, you know. And I probably wouldn't even bring this story up if I wouldn't have a to segue back to it later on. Okay, so did he actually look like Shredder or that's just the reference you used because you were a little kid? No, this was, again, it was shadow figure. But what I saw was very edgy shapes. Mm-hmm. I don't really know how to explain it other than very uh, big, broad figure and then edgy face, almost like you couldn't see a face, but there was many angles to the, to what he looked like, which Interesting. that was just the, the frame of context I had. And this was, you know, 1990, 91, I pretty much had two shirts at that time. And it was like Ninja Turtles and Mario Brothers. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, I mean, with, with the little kid, you, you're, they're going to describe things according to their ref- frame of reference. But yeah, I've had people on who describe set of people and I've gotten two different descriptions. One was just like, no, it just looked like kind of like a shadow cast on a wall, but it wasn't on a wall. You know, it was free moving or whatever. The other was they described it as blacker than black. Right. Yeah. Would this have matched either either of those descriptions? Oh, yeah. Definitely blacker than the room at that time. I don't think I had like a nightlight or anything. Mm hmm. And again, I was trying to rethink back and like, what what was my sister doing at this time and like all that stuff. But uh, it, it was like, I would say it had dimension. It grabbed me, you know, it threw me over its shoulder. And then I, I didn't know where I was going, but I felt like, you know, I was just being abducted at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and did it seem like he carried you further away than the closet when he put you? Yeah. In? I was thinking 30, 40 yards. Like I thought we went somewhere else and like he'd throw me mm-hmm. in the front car or a chest or a chest is what it kind of like felt like and you know again i'm just beating on wooden walls around me right oh that's pretty intense though that's really interesting that's uh kind of the first one and that's pretty much how i developed a fear of the dark i guess that'll do it yeah that definitely definitely did so uh, then pretty much not too long after that i started having i'd say five to nine ish I kept having these reoccurring dreams and I'm not really not trying to get into a whole bunch of dreams because I have a ton of them, but just the context of it coming back. So, so I started having these flying dreams about five to nine ish. And, uh, you know, I'd fly out of my house, a, a different house in Green Forest, but, uh, same town and I'd fly around my room then I'd fly out the window and then I'd fly up and over the hills 
And uh, I'd always go out to see this older woman. She was, I, I described her as an older woman when I was a kid, really probably like, you know, my age now, probably like 30, 40s. Mm-hmm. But I'd fly out and I'd go to the same spot every time. There's this huge down dead tree and uh, this old campfire. The campfire wasn't smoldering or anything. It was just the same like old campsite. And uh, every time I'd fly out there, she'd like try to teach me things. And I don't remember really what she would teach me other than like, you know, you like flying, you can keep coming back here and doing this. You know, you can keep learning things. So I had those dreams and I never really got too far beyond being just able to fly out and visit her. Mm -hmm. But about, let's say eight or nine, I'd start flying out and then I'd look down and I'd see these coins, these large coins, and I'd be preoccupied to go and like get these coins rather than going out and meeting this this lady in the woods so I, i'm going to jump ahead a little bit just to make context that that story but uh, i didn't really see my biological father from about four until about 12 and so I see him about 12 and he's like we're you know catching up and talking and and it's late night and he's like did you ever have any weird dreams and i was like well you know i used to go out and see this lady and he's like did she try to teach you how to fly and how to come back and did you keep going to see her Ooh, my dad was a weird cat he you know into a lot of astrology and uh reiki and a bunch of stuff but uh he's like yeah a lot of us my brothers and uh your cousins have had the same dream oh wow yeah and uh very weird so at first i thought i was like man he's messing with me you know like i told him when i was a little kid but i, I started thinking about it and i was like well this was after i couldn't see him anymore you know mm-hmm. But yeah, the same basic story. And I tried to get a little bit deeper with that with my grandmother, who's passed away since. But I was uh, asking her, I was like, you know, have you ever, do you have any deeper insight into these dreams? And sh- she said that somewhere down the family that shared stories that we had a witch that was hung for being a witch, which could be any context. But man, that's about as far as I got with her on any details of that particular story. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating, though. Like, you know, your father's side of the family is, is having these dreams. Yeah, yeah. And and apparently several of us, and I don't know that my dad, like, my dad has since passed as, as well. But, but yeah, it was, it's just a very weird little little story. Yeah. Do you remember any details about the lady, like, how she looked or anything? I remember just, like, regular uh, rustic, like, pants and, and uh, a button-up shirt. But yeah, in my mind, whenever I was a kid, she was she was old, but I, I'd say forties, you know, not yeah, old. yeah. When you're a little kid, anybody who's over yeah. thirty looks ancient. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, but that yeah, that's about the only details. But the it was always the same too, like flying out over the same ridge, going down to the same tree. It was pretty peculiar set of dreams. And then when my dad asked me that, I, you know, have you had this? these dreams uh really sent it home for me yeah oh yeah yeah that would do it so uh the next one i would have been about third grade so about nine ish i guess we're living in omaha and we're we've always been like super outdoorsy hunting fishing i spent most of my childhood running around the woods by myself with a stick but we're down fishing at a little local spot called cricket in omaha and we're catfishing it's probably 11 or 12 at night, I'm down there with my stepdad and my sisters, and I see this bright object in the sky. Like, it starts coming through the woods, and 
down over the lake and about when it's about midway over the lake i start trying to get roy's attention i'm trying to get my stepdad's attention and uh i'm like what is that you know what is that over there and it took him a minute to respond by that time it was probably a little bit halfway up the ridge the second ridge line and just typical orb shape kind of bouncing along no real rhyme or reason just over the water up over the hill and my stepdad glances at it like for two seconds and it's like oh that's the moon and i was like it's not the moon moon it's moving you know it can't be the moon it's moving so it it takes probably i don't know two minutes for it to do this then just goes back over the hill didn't have any answers beyond that but yeah it was just a bright spherical shape that just moved across the water and i went back as a as a teenager and that's like a popular swimming spot through there but it's probably 150 200 yards across that waterway it did so relatively fast uh, faster than you could swim it for sure i know it's really hard to estimate the size of things in the sky especially at night but if you had to guess about how big was it yeah i'd say basketball size or bigger mm-hmm. because of the I mean, and again, uh, you know, I was eight or nine and I've only recently started to like look back after the last, the events that have happened in the last like five years, like what other things have happened and then started getting more podcasts like yours where it's just like an eclectic of just unexplained things that happen. Yeah. I think if you experience things later in life and you look back, you start to, I don't know if you have a contact because i don't you know i don't know what any of these things are specifically but it does seem to like at least sort of uh reframe some events from your youth i know the same thing happened to me when i started like really looking back and being like no wait that was weird yeah yeah just not definitely out of the ordinary yeah 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 did it have any color this word yeah red orange white um Mm. just very like and i've heard you talk about it like it illuminating or not i don't think it illuminated I think it was contained within itself. Like, yeah. So fascinating. Having seen that quite a few times at that, that area we call Site 7, and it's just like they're bright and they should be lighting up things around it, but they're not. Right. And I remember it coming through the trees too, so it wasn't like it was showing through the trees. Mm-hmm. I just saw it behind the trees. It wasn't like luminescent through it. Yeah. yeah. And again, I know it's hard to estimate, but was it high in the sky or was it closer to? Closer to the ground, six feet four feet from the water from the maybe a little bit higher once it got up over the ridge but it was it, it just hugged the ground pretty close don't know what they are but i absolutely love stories about these mystery lights they're so weird and and enough people have seen them and when you talk to people it's so hard because it's the kind of thing where like unless you've seen it things like self-illuminating and stuff it, it doesn't really click but right. people who've seen it you're describing and, and people have seen it know exactly what you're talking about which is really cool not not to leave anyone out i'm sure people can imagine but i just mean like having seen it i just love these stories wish i knew what they were don't know exactly but it didn't it didn't seem to have any intention or reason it just kind of whimsically floated on its path you know yeah yeah i mean the one the one night we we hiked into that woods at site seven to where we saw them in during the day and just waited and then uh they came up to us like they were curious. It was almost like they had intelligence, but not like human intelligence. You know, I mean, it was almost like an like an animal Look, intelligence or something. Like yeah, curious. Yeah, I know what you mean. But a friend of mine said a very similar story with the just 
being curious, you know, coming up and being like, what's like, what are you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's very much what it was like. And we've had some pretty scary times out there. So I thought when we get in there amongst them, I was ready to be terrified that night, honestly. And it just turned out to be this really sort of whimsical experience where these lights were just almost playing with us. Yeah, definitely on. I love how everybody gets to come here and like give a little piece because everybody has like a weird story or something to bring to the puzzle. That yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think we have to in the end we'll have to be satisfied with uh, having pieces of the puzzle and never never the whole thing. But oh yeah, you'll never understand. Like, I'm happy to get all the pieces I can. You know. Yes. So uh, moving on to about uh, I was probably about 12 years old and um, 11, 12. Uh, this was. I was very religious at this point. I was, I was trying to just be a good Christian, doing all these things right. And my family were on both sides. They were pretty strict uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. About that time, you know, I'm an angsty preteen. And, but every night, whenever I'd go to bed, I'd see these shadow entities, like we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, this wasn't like a edgy demon coming to get me. These were beings that would just come into the room at night as I'm trying to go to bed and became so prevalent that I would just start counting how many there were. Oh, wow. Sometimes there would be two or three. Sometimes there would be up to nine of them. And they'd be all around me and kind of lingering. And and I've heard other people have very similar experiences on your show where they almost look Mm two-dimensional. They're not like physically there. They're like maybe a dimensional thing. I'm not quite sure what they are. And they didn't seem malice, but I was terrified. And, you know, if I closed my eyes, I would just get like a flash, uh, like a slideshow of horrible things. Hmm. And so this went on for a couple of years, probably till I was about 14 or so. And it wasn't every night, but, you know, like at least once a week, I would have these things come in and just hover above me and give me a horrible feeling, you know? Did you ever try to just pray him away? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Did that work? No, it didn't for this instant. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But again, I almost, I don't know if I was just terrified of them, so I was just seeing all these bad flashes in my head, or if they were putting them in my head, like almost just like downloading me with something. Right, right, yeah. But, uh... But yeah, I definitely, you know, that was the first thing I went to was, was, was prayer and it didn't work, but stories I have later on, it definitely, that was my main way to fight it, fight mm-hmm. this stuff off. Mm-hmm. So basically, uh, you know, about 14, I just was like, I'm not going to be religious. I'm just going to be a rebellious teen and, uh, you know, saw a bunch of stuff in the church. I didn't want to want to see and, uh. I did want to actually bring this part up. We're talking a little bit about religion. Was it Brother Richard? Mm-hmm. Man, I love hearing you guys talk. The Fatima episode was amazing. And he's gave me a lot of like, well, maybe, you know, maybe organized religion isn't, isn't dull. Like his whole vibe. I, I just, I love the way he talks about stuff and breaks stuff down. And yeah. he's a very, very special person. I mean, uh, yeah, he's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love all this, all the stuff that I've heard you guys do. So yeah, I'm a rebellious teen, fourteen ish. I'm like, I'm I'm just gonna do my own thing. I'm gonna go drink beer and smoke cigarettes and not try to to be so because I felt like the more I tried to do something good, the more I was being attacked for it. Mm-hmm. So anyway, nothing really happens for a few years. I'm probably about seventeen at this point. 
we move into this old house in uh, Harrison, Arkansas. The house I live in now is probably from the 60s, so this had to have been from the 40s, maybe earlier. But it was an old house that was converted into a fourplex and uh, old heavy doors. I mean, big heavy doors. When you closed them, you heard it, you knew it. And we had these doors just open and close all the time. There'd be five, six people in the living room and door would open. We'd be like, oh yeah, that's just that's just the ghost, you know. Never had anything weird other than that. It was just like a, this just happens. Mm-hmm. So this, this happened for probably six, eight months, maybe a little bit more. And I'm, I'm sitting by myself at home and I grab the remote and I flip on the TV and fix to play some video games. And, uh, about right as soon as I turn the TV on the door beside me opens and I am way ahead of myself. Sorry, I'm going to back up. No worries. Before that instance, I'm washing dishes in the kitchen. I look over and I'm half talking to my, uh, good friend and my exit now. And, uh, I'm kind of talking to him and I glance over my shoulder and I see this man sitting beside my girlfriend and I look, look, see him, look back. And then he's gone. And, um, guess what he's wearing, Tim? <laughs> oh, Oh, was he wearing flannel? He was wearing flannel. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So yeah, he's sitting on the couch right beside my girlfriend, bluish blue, green flannel shirt, denim jeans, trucker cap tall skinny guy brown hair and nothing stood out weird he was just sitting there like kind of like looking forward so we still had experiences doors opening nothing really horrible so i go down to play video games on the tv door opens beside me and i'm trying to look back and like why did i even go to the door like why did i feel the need to like shut it door opens beside me I go and I go to shut that one. And as I'm going to shut that one, the the door to my roommate's room opens. And so it's two of them. I go, okay, that's weird. Shut the one, walk across the kitchen. I've got the remote in one hand and I'm reaching out with the other. And uh, as I'm reaching for the one that had just opened, it keeps opening. And as it's opening, I feel this ice cold air. And then I black out. I don't know what happened. Oh, wow. I wake up and I'm about 10 feet back in, in between the living room and the kitchen. And the remote's beyond that, you know, like I had just fallen straight back, passed out. And so I wake up and I just like, I thought someone was like trying to kill me or something. I didn't know. Like I just wrote out what had just happened in case something was like after me, you know, mm-hmm. but then nothing ominous after that and i still don't feel like it was anything like evil i think it was just like a connection of two energies or maybe like i wanted that open and he was like pissed off or something i don't know right yeah although yeah yeah i don't know if i how i'd feel about passing out and waking up though oh yeah i don't know how much time passed you know i don't know yeah know what happened but nothing like that has ever happened before or since, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just being hit like that. And a- as I'm reaching for it, like that door just kept swinging open, like, and then ice cold. Last thing I remember. Hmm. Yeah. So I'll, next one would be, I, w- I would be about 20 years old. I was working on the road doing steel work and we had just finished a job. 
I want to say in Idaho and we were coming back through Kansas and there's just nothing in Kansas. Everybody knows, but there's this one big cloud in the sky while we're driving back and nothing else to watch on the road. So, you know, I'm just kind of like looking at the sky and I start seeing this shape in the sky kind of uh, left of this cloud and it, I'm watching it and it kind of changes from spherical to like saucer elongated to shiny to white. I'm like, oh, like there's a weather balloon there, you know, like something in the sky there. And uh, about the time I'm noticing it and like telling my, tell the person who was driving, he, um, he saw it and he's like, yeah, it's got to be a weather balloon. We start watching it and it starts moving in an erratic pattern. I joke like like it, it looked like it made a question mark like it was like knew that I saw it or something mm-hmm. you know but we watched it for I don't know well over an hour it would disappear and there would be pop up and be three more on the other side of the sky and it oh, it was the multiple yeah as soon as I couldn't see one I'd start searching the sky and I'd see more oh, wow. and it, it would just blip out the one I saw at first was the closest one so that's why I was you know, preoccupied on, but I kept doing this for a good hour and a half. We watched this thing over the, or the sky or these things kind of blip in, blip out, move across the sky, all kind of underneath this cloud, but all around in about the same shape, spherical, just white, or you get a glimmer of, you know, something maybe metallic or light reflecting. But yeah, the, the guy who I saw it with would have, I actually saw him a few months ago. And he's like, yeah, this is the guy I, I saw the UFOs with. Oh, wow. And he, he's like big, tough guy. He would never say anything like that. But <laughs> that was the first time I saw anything weird in the sky. I thought you were going to tell me that you saw him and the guy that was driving couldn't see them. Because I was like, oh, because that happened to me one night. It wasn't anything in the sky. It was whatever it was was on the ground, but it had lit up this field. It was like four in the morning. Had completely lit up this field like a stadium. And I'm I'm pointing to the guy like it shouldn't have been lit up like that like and we should have been able to see the source of the light. We we were coming back from a drywall job actually. While your story reminded me of that, and I'm like, hey dude, look at that light. Look, at, and he was like in a trance. He, he <laughs> I don't know whether he couldn't see it or what. He just went yeah, and I was like, no, look, look, look. You know, I went to go look, you know, drive up to it and see, and he was like, he's like, yep, and then just kept driving on. Like it's like yeah. now the, I I wouldn't I fully would have expected this guy to look at it, see it, and then completely that he ever saw it but uh <laughs> he watched it for too long you know no, it's, it's better to have someone who can back you up your story like that oh yeah yeah and, and like just having that validation talking to him a few months ago i was like oh yeah like he remembers it <laughs> yeah 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 and so uh right right in that same neck of the woods uh i was about probably about 22 when i saw again just really weird that i even went outside but i just go outside I have company at the house. We're like eating dinner and my good friend and his girlfriend are over and I just go outside and smoke and didn't think to invite or tell anybody I was leaving or anything. As soon as I go outside, I start seeing these lights come through the sky and, um, I was like, guys, come, come check this out. There's these lights in the sky. By that time there were probably, I don't know, they were coming out in what looked like sets of three and it looked like they were flying right over I-49. And I'm sure you're familiar with like the Phoenix lights. Yeah. Yeah. Very similar to that. And, uh, this is, you know, we've got flip phones and we're all trying to record it. And 
one of the person people who were there was like ex-military and uh just got out of iraq and like civil air patrol or, and he's like i don't know what the hell that is you know like it, it could be lanterns but it looks different than that you know mm-hmm. and as they're like going over i-40 like some of them then would take off and just shoot to the west yeah that seems not lantern like yeah yeah i was like well you know maybe it hit a jet stream and like that's taken off but yeah so we saw about 15 of these got footage but you know how this was like flip phone days too so it was like we're like all right let's see if we can like look at these images better you know we end up looking at them the next day and these were the lights were full spectrum lighting like each frame you went through they would be purple red blue green like like every different spectrum huh so we're like well definitely not a candle definitely not like a lantern scenario and we knew multiple other people who had seen the same thing whenever I was like, I was like, oh man, it looks like they're shooting out towards Weddington. And one of the girls that was at my house, her brother saw the same thing when he was living out at Weddington, the same night. And I wish I could remember the day I've been, I was like, I want somebody else to be like, yeah, we saw it too. Mm-hmm. But we reported that to MUFON and they didn't ever put it up. And mm-hmm. there were multiple things on MUFON where I was like, why they got this up here? Like, yeah, no judgment, but I've heard some more stories. Let's just say that from up. A- yeah. So, anyways, that that was the uh, UFOs with friends. is in the air at Littleton Coin Company and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. It wouldn't have been, I don't know, maybe a couple of years beyond that. One of the same people that saw that with me, we were out fishing. I had a little scamp boat at the time and we were out on this little lake, Fayetteville called Lake Wilson. And this is like a tiny little lake and it's right out past this place, this old bridge that used to be there that uh, was called Tilly Willie. It was kind of like a local haunted spot all the kids would go out and like be like you go out and park on tilly willy and then your car's gonna shake and just like a little hot spot for weird stuff mm-hmm. and previously like i had been down there and walked up the creek from tilly willy and this is like thick brush briars you know you're not gonna be just randomly walking around down there and uh, a little flip phone with me but there was this uh little crossing and it's saw that something had crossed there and there was this big footprint slid down the bank like it was just a big muddy bank and this thing looked to be about eight inches wide but like a human's foot Mm -hmm. i've never seen any bear out there i'm not even 100 percent sure what bear track could be like that but i remember taking note of it taking a picture i'm gonna try to find a good charger for my old phone see if i can get some better resolution off of it Mm -hmm. But we're past this little, this little, uh, 
out on this little lake on our on our boat and again i was probably about 24 we're fishing and it's illegal to be out on the lake past dark out there so we had little headlamps with us and the only people that were parked there were me and my buddy and then we saw some cops roll through and like check out the area and this again it's like a 30 acre lake uh, the whole park is maybe like 350 acres or something mm-hmm. but we're out there with like barely any light just enough to like tire lures we get over to the bank and we're probably 20 yards from the bank and we hear what sounds like boulders being thrown at us this isn't like a beaver splash or like a flap of its tail or like a bass jumping they, these are like two handers that somebody's chunking at us oh, wow and they're up in the woods there's there's no light for them mm-hmm but something does this five, six, eight times throwing these boulders at us. They're not trying to hit us, I don't believe, because it's like adjacent. We're like, we're getting splashed, but it's not like they were trying to like hit us. Still a little worrisome. So, you know, oh, yeah, it was terrifying. Like, we're yeah, like, what if, the hell? Yeah, yeah. If they miss, if they, even if they're not trying to hit you and they miss, you're, yeah, it's a, a headache. And, and, you know? and I was talking to my buddy recently about it, and I was like, those weren't like, like you kind of like like I would have to two hand those. They were like big rocks, you know, mm-hmm. or what sounded like rocks. And so we get freaked out, and we just try to get away from the bank as fast as we can. And we start going back towards where we park, closer to this other bank. By the time we got close enough to the other bank for something to start throwing rocks, it started throwing rocks at us from the other side of the lake. Oh, really? Yeah. So again, it's probably like I don't know two miles around it. But still, you're not going to run half the lake in 20 seconds. And and all we had was like a little trolling motor. You know, we weren't moving super fast. Mm -hmm. But yeah, by the time we got to the other bank, it starts throwing stones at us again. So I'm imagining like from the other bank. From, yeah. So from the woods or whatever behind you again. Yeah. 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 So it's throwing it from the woods. We cross the lake. And by the time we can get over there, it's throwing it from the woods again. Okay. From the woods on the other side. So it's moved positions. It's moved or there's multiple things out there. Right. Yeah. Like, or there's more than one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, you know, we were like, well, you know, we don't know. I mean, the scariest thing could be out there is people not mm-hmm. wanting you to be there. Right. So we just like got the hell out of there, but we're, we're all very freaked out by it. Yeah. Mine has to be working like, okay, wait a minute. Some crazy guy in the woods didn't want us here. It's his fishing yeah. spot or whatever. Right. He, he's throwing rocks. So we, we get in a boat, we go to the other side of the lake. And what he's got a, his buddy over there waiting, just happens to be waiting in the same right that spot. No, no lights. No, yeah, we couldn't hear him. We had headlamps, but it and there were boulders that could be thrown from the other side that you could easily access. I don't remember. There's not a whole lot of good access where they were thrown from, where there have been easy rocks to grab. It was more muddy bank and and uh, bluff line. Yeah, but yeah, it was it was a very weird scenario. Yeah, and if it is people, it's like man, you're. Again, you make a mistake, you hit somebody with a rock that size, they're in the hospital and you're in trouble, you know? Yeah, yeah. But they've recently made that lake open and I've been out there, you know, a hundred times since. I haven't had anything like that happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've had other weird stuff, but I guess I'll segue right into unless you have any more questions about that one. No, it's super fascinating, but, you know, without seeing anything, you know, we could say it's this or that, but. Uh, right. Just very. We just leave it in the unknown category. For sure. So, same lake. This is, uh, when was this? 2015, 
there's the blood moon in 2015. Me and my lady decided to go out and uh, at Bloody Mary's and watch the blood moon on our kayaks on the lake. It seemed like a perfectly good way to to watch it. Blood moon happens. There's a ton of people out there at the lake as well. But my lady was like, her name's Shannon. She was like, do you see that? Like, yeah, I, I see it. I was trying to figure out what the hell it was. And not looking like at the moon, you wouldn't see it, but just straight up above us, looking like it was outside of the atmosphere. There were these, just these orbs that were swarming everywhere. Dozens of them. And it looked like they were just right on outside of the atmosphere or maybe at the very top of it. Mm-hmm. But they were kind of reflecting off of, I guess, like the blood moon made it easier to see them. I'm not really sure, but we both saw it. Uh, and there was just dozens of them out there just floating in the sky. I don't know. Hmm. Anybody else seem to see them or were you too far away from other people? We were out in the middle of the lake and we didn't really, we didn't talk to anybody. Uh, mm-hmm. on yeah. The bank. But yeah, we just sit there and watched them for a few minutes. And after the, the event happened, they kind of dissipated. And uh, yeah, there were, I mean, just dozens of them. And it looked like, like insects. Huh. Just all over, like they were just moving in and out of each other, like uh, like they had a reason to be doing it, but it didn't make any real sense. I know you wouldn't mention this if if they were, but I just for listeners, because often when I talk about like, well, it was fireflies, just oh, definitely not fire. We have those out there. I would be out watching the fireflies right now, but the cicadas are so loud, <laughs> we couldn't record out there. So but yeah, definitely not fireflies. And these were tiny because they were so far off i mean mm-hmm. and it was only a certain cluster like we could see them on where that's where they were gathered right right it was definitely weird nonetheless mm-hmm. so about that same exact time actually the same house we were living in in that, that time we had uh three rats at one time we lost two we had one let he ends up passing away his name was bundy so we go to sleep that night and I wake up to something in the house. Thought maybe an animal had got in, something's in the house. So I sit up out of bed and I'm listening for it and looking around for shadows where it can be or whatever. When I see this little thing running along the edge of the, the walls, and I'm like, there's something here, babe. There's something in the house. And she's sleeping. She's kind of like restless, but like, I know she heard me. But so this thing like walks along the edge, comes up next to the bed climbs up on the bed and it's my rat Bundy oh and so I grab you know put him in my hand and I'm like Bundy I was like you're dead what you know what's going on like I'm sit up out of bed talking to this thing and trying I was like Shana look Shana look it's Bundy like like he's alive what you know like and she's like not looking but she's hearing me say all this she was just she didn't know if I was dreaming or she was like, mainly I just want to go to sleep. Like, and, but anyway, so I'm holding this thing and like talking to him and he bites me in the finger. Oh. And right when he bites me, my eyes wake up and I'm sitting up like I'm holding a rat in my hand. Uh huh. You know, I talked to Shana later and she was like, yeah, you know, I heard all that. I was just kind of freaked out and kind of like, uh, what's going on? But it was very weird. And I was like, also like, Bundy's never bit me. I was like, Bundy, why'd you bite me? You know, trying to like rationalize that. Why my dead rat bit me. I was like, I don't think I would have remembered that he was even there. Unless he like bit me and like 
snap me out of it to like make me process the whole thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Did you have a mark yeah. on your finger? I did not. No, didn't have a whole lot happen for a lot of years. I'm not even sure how many years ago this all happened, but I'd say probably I don't know. It's probably about twenty nine or thirty when I had my first sleep paralysis. This when it all starts getting weird for me. Was it weird enough before? Well, no, I mean, like, that's just like stuff that like, I, you know, you can't really put a finger on what anything is. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like weird stuff happens. You know, I don't know. Was I dreaming? Was it, was that a, you know, moonshiner throwing boulders? Like, what was it? But the sleep process was the first thing that I was just like, what is this? Like, anyways, it was just, uh, me and my dog at the house at that time. I go to sleep any normal night. I wake up and I think I had just recently got deep sleep because it's, you know, like when you wake up and you're kind of confused. Yeah. Like you, you don't really know where you are. Like what just woke me up? I'm discombobulated. I wake up and I'm trying to process what's going on. And in the living room, I just see my TV doing, I see the reflection of my TV just doing static. And it took me a minute to like realize what was going on. I was like, man, I, you know, I have a smart TV. Like I've never seen it go to analog like this. So I was like, what's going on? My dog's laying on the couch. And so I get up and I walk in the living room and trying to turn off the TV. And as I'm getting closer to the TV, it starts getting louder and louder, just bellowing, like to the point where I realize like I can't turn this TV off. And I think get close enough to it and it just gets so loud. It, this shadow static being comes out of the TV and just starts getting bigger as it gets closer to me. And I'm probably eight feet from the TV. And this thing, I immediately, I'm standing there and I become paralyzed. And this thing like picks me up. I, I don't know if my feet were off the ground, but I didn't walk backwards. This thing pushes me backwards all the way back down my hall and into my bed. As it's screaming and getting louder and louder, just the most, the loudest, most terrifying thing you can ever think, just screaming at you, but in static form. Wow. I couldn't look at it, but I got the sense of what it's faced, and I could just see this just giant open jaw just screaming. So then I go to praying, and I'm just praying, trying to do anything to like move my toes, and I'm trying to call for my dog, and do anything to like get out of this because i'm completely paralyzed at this point okay so it's pushed you back in paralysis when you're back in your bed then yeah i was yeah. paralyzed from the time it come out of the tv basically okay all right yeah i just can't move and it's pushing me backwards and then it's not on top of me it's beside the bed just screaming at me and i can't really turn my hand to look at it but again i kind of like visualize the sense of what it was anyway so i Try to move my toes, try to like breathe and call my dog. And I'm barely getting out, you know, like trying to get my dog to come off the couch. Mm -hmm. Like my only line of defense, I've, you know, been praying and none of that seemed to work this particular time. My dog, like, very lazily gets off the couch, like, after like what seemed like forever me uh, trying to get him to come help me out here. And so you like, Casually walks to the bed, jumps up on the bed, and then it's all gone. Hmm. And the weird thing about that is that was right before a particular time with my dog that uh, he ended up getting put down and like some 
it was like a precursor or something to bad time in my life. Mm, mm-hmm. So after that happens, very next day, you know, I'm freaked out. Also, another point, you feel like you're never going to go to sleep. You're like, I'm terrified. Something just tried to take, like, basically was like, it's trying to take me. It's trying to take all of me. Is the feeling I got from it. Mm-hmm. Feel like you're not going to go to sleep, right to sleep every time. As soon as it's done, you're just like, I don't know, like it never happened. Don't know what that is, but yep. <laughs> yeah. Experienced it myself and have people tell me about it constantly. Like, the, yeah, I've been able to go back to sleep, went right back to sleep. That time I wake up the next morning and I called my girlfriend. I called my mom. I called my mom thinking I had some kind of like mental break or something. Like, mom, anybody in the family, like, have anything weird like this happen, you know? Like, she's just like, well, it's been going on a long time for you. And I was like, wait, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Like, it's been going on a long time. Like, I was always like a depressed kid and stuff, but like nothing like trying to take my soul, you know? Right, yeah. And right about then is whenever it hit me with the uh, experience I had whenever I was a little kid. Right. That same entity that had attacked me whenever I was four was that same edgy, evil thing that was just seemed super powerful that maybe as a kid I wasn't able to really do much and it was able to like physically take me. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's just, I was like, man, that's the same thing. It's the same thing that attacked me before. Yeah. It struck me right away. It was like, okay, so this thing... I don't know that if it picked you up or pushed you back, but either way, it, it had contact and it moved you uh, the way yeah. the other thing did when you were a kid. Yeah. Right. And uh, my buddy had a good way of, he had a similar sleep paralysis and he said, he was saying it was like a magnet. Like mm. when it gets close enough to you, you're almost repelled by it. And the same when you're trying to look at it. That's it's really interesting. Like, it's a really interesting way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. Almost like you can't physically look at it. Mm-hmm. So, I tell my girlfriend about the story and she's like, are you kidding me? And I was like, what? And she's like, that's almost exactly what happened to me, except for we fell asleep in the living room out on my to bed. You had went to bed. I wake up, the TV's static, and I go to like shut it off, but it just keeps getting louder and louder and louder. And she realizes she can't turn it off, so she's just going to leave it. And she walks backwards down the hall. Like, didn't want to turn her back on it. And then it proceeds to sleep paralyze her in the same way. And she's trying to call my dog. She didn't see the static entity? No, she just said it was the static from the TV. Mm -hmm. She didn't physically see the the same being I did. But yeah, she she thought I was telling her the same story. And I felt horrible for not just hearing a story like that and being like, yeah, yeah, crazy dream. Yeah. And once it happens to you, it becomes a little more real. Yeah. You're like, oh, wait, like, (laughs) you know, that's not fair. But, but another time she had sleep paralysis while we were in the same bed and she's like looking to try to get me to help her. And she says she looks over and my head's just frantically shaking. Like I'm having a seizure. Like it's already got me. Oh, wow. I don't remember this one either, but. But yeah, she she's like looking for me for help and then looks over and, you know, like the horror movie where your head's just shaking. Mm-hmm. That's what she described it as. Like, uh, just fully seasoned out. Like this thing already had me. Yeah. So those were pretty brutal. And those happened a lot. But I, 
I got better at fighting them off, like just feeling more powerful, like had the energy to defend myself and that these things needed something from me. Mm -hmm. They needed me to be scared of them or they were feeding off my energy or something. Yeah. And, and they weren't always the same. The, the only the the first time was the the static entity, and the rest were more shadow entity. But I still couldn't look at them, and I still was paralyzed. Mm-hmm. Roughly about how many times you think it happened? Around then, probably about fifteen. I'd say it's probably twenty five or thirty times now. Hmm. And uh, a lot of them just kicked off. My dad died in September, and it was pretty brutal. You know, I had take them off live support and like it was a really horrible thing yeah i'm sorry and it was so quick too it was like we drove down to florida had to make a decision and then we're back in three days like mm, yeah what the hell you know and i i didn't have time to process anything but we walk through the door and i'm like i know my sister's like trying to get back to her family and stuff and i'm like getting my stuff and i walk in the house and i walk o- over put my stuff in my bedroom and my Ouija board falls off the wall. It doesn't fall completely, but it knocks some of my art and stuff. Like I have a big shelf of like crystals and stuff. And I hadn't only used the Ouija board like a couple times, probably in my like earlier twenties, but it's like a really old, like, I don't know if it's like forties or fifties, but it's an antique Ouija board. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm just back from the hospital with all that stuff. And then the moment I walk in, the Ouija board jumps off the wall. And couldn't even do it. I was just like, nope, not going to deal with it. You know, I'm just, I don't know what in, what has followed me back. I'm in a really dark place. I felt bad that like, maybe it was my dad trying to reach out, but I just couldn't deal with it. Sure. Yeah. And my sister kept begging me. She's like, let's, it's dad. Let's talk to him and blah, blah, blah. Like, like you, you don't know what we're, we're never going to get. It's just like talking about any of this. We're never going to get a definitive answer. Exactly. Exactly. And there, there are plenty of whatever is out there that, that are happy to pretend to be your dad or any of anything else, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And maybe a lot easier avenue to get to us than whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You will. You know, like. Anyway, so the sleep paralysis, they come right back same time. They become pretty frequently. Like I, I know almost whenever I'm going to bed, if they're going to happen. Interesting. It's weird, little, like, just little indicator. Not only will, like, I, I feel, like, vulnerable, but I'll be laying there, and I can hear my fan start to slow down, just like a time slip or something. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes it's, like, a pressure bubble where, like, I feel it, like, pressuring and then, like, a pop before it starts to happen to me. And this kept happening at least another, you know, 10, 12 times within a very short time frame and so at this point i'm like trying to like look at them i'm like well if i've got experiences i need to like figure something out mm-hmm. like what are they like i can fight them off relatively easy but then it seems like they're slipping into my dreams and trying to trick me to give them permission for stuff interesting or like get in yeah they'll they'll just like like you have to give them permission to get in your house or i don't know it became relatively easy to break out of the sleep paralysis part of it. One of the scarier times was I feel it coming on. I see this shadow thing coming and my girlfriend sleep on the couch and I'm not sure, but at some point I had started filming. I had simply save camera. I was like, I'm going to see if I can catch them mm-hmm. during it. 
And that ended up, I got nothing off of that, even though I know I'd at least set up after the process. But this one time it walks in and I'm trying, you know, like sometimes if you can get to your side, is at least a myth that like it can get you. <laughs> like you have to be like laying on your back. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like trying to like get to my side and like trying to look at it too. And it just grabs my foot. I mean, like a man would grab, like if you were like going to manhandle somebody, you know, like mm-hmm. the grab that you would give them. And uh, I'm still trying to like get to my side and I'm like trying to fight it off and praying and like doing all that stuff. And then it just lets go and then I'm not, not paralyzed. And my sister hates it. But whenever I tell my nieces this one, they're always like, where was your sock? I sleep with my socks on, which is probably weirder than the story. But yeah, when he grabbed my foot, I was like, yeah, I woke up the next morning and my sock was gone. Oh, did, did you ever find it? Yeah, it was in my sheet. So, okay. all right. Yeah, it wasn't in another dimension, but, but yeah, it, it was, it was terrifying. Something just grabbed you. And that's the first time it had physically got me. So this is just a theory, but I'll run it by you just to see if it, if it resonates with you at all. Given that you seem to be having out-of-body experiences when you were younger, when you were doing the flying thing. I've often wondered if when these things happen in sleep paralysis, if we're not going out of body in some way, and these things, these entities, whatever they are, are drawn to us. It's like like ringing a bell when we go out of body. And it's like all these entities, like their heads turn like, oh, okay, I can get to him now. And that's when this stuff happens. And I know the weird stuff happens like where there are physical things, you know, your sock was taken off. You did sit up in bed. But I wonder if that happens at the the sort of crossroads when we're coming back into our body and these things are somehow making the jump back and forth from the, you know, the physical realm to to whatever realm we're in when, when we go out of body. But especially when you're talking about that thing sort of pressing you back from the TV, that static entity, you know, that that almost feels like like an out-of-body thing, and then mm. it pushed you back into your body, essentially, where you had the sleep paralysis. I don't know. It's Again, it's just a theory I have, but I'm wondering if that resonates with you at all, given that, you you know, I think you were having out-of-body experiences when you were having those flight things when you were younger. Yes, I'm not sure about the outer, outer body, but, like, I've, I've definitely played with the idea of it, mm-hmm. and that totally fit, fits with how it was able to push me back into my body. Yeah just a theory i have but it's yeah you know what i find weird about all of them is they're almost all this happens whenever i'm in some kind of limbo like what you know a lot of people talk about how they hear banging or Mm -hmm. or noises like i'll be almost to sleep like in this weird little limbo of like being asleep and awake when thud or when the sleep paralysis will happen or it, it just it seems to like like when you're almost like in between whatever it could be realms dimensions Mm -hmm. layers of your brain whatever it is but there's like a vulnerable state where yeah like you were saying like it could just be like a beacon for these things that are can just jump over yeah like that draws their attention or something i I don't know but yes there seems to be like an out-of-body component to it somehow i think there's more you know people write off sleep paralysis as just being dreams and stuff but it really feels like more to me i'm a very vivid dreamer it's like there's no way i could ever put this anywhere in the ballpark of dream. yeah it's a it, and again this is something that 
it's like the people who've experienced it can agree. It's like you're more vivid even than wake sometimes. It's so vivid and you're so present. It's like, no, I'm telling you, this wasn't a dream. I can't explain it any further than that, but it was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can physically see everything that's in your room. Like mm-hmm. maybe it is kind of like you were saying, like an outer body. But one time I, w- I w- we were talking about this at a, a little grilling party and, and five out of six of us had had sleep paralysis. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we all start talking about different archetypes and like, it's like, I mean, you know, you listen to hundreds of what episode, like, are you four hundred and yeah, well over 400 now. Yeah. Yeah. Night visitors, sleep paralysis, like too many people like have all these same, mm-hmm. it's very strange. Like, I don't know. I haven't really had a whole lot of sleep paralysis and probably since about February, which I'm really glad about. How old are you now? I'm 36, fixed to be 37. So I think there is a physical component to sleep paralysis, but there's also another component too. But as far as the physical component goes, reading books about it and so forth, for most people, not for everyone, for most people, it tends to die off in your middle 30. It did so with me. Now, I've had a couple since that, but just rarely, just a couple, you know, scattered throughout years might pass before I have one. So, right. Maybe, I can't say for sure, but maybe it'll start dying off for you. I hope so. Again, I've never like been, I've been an outdoorsy person my whole life. I'm never like going out there and looking for stuff <laughs> or like, you know, like I, I did play with a Ouija board a couple of times when I was a kid, but like, I'm not out there like inviting anything, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, ho- hopefully it does. But what's weird is also, it's always coming around times where there were, there were like really low points either right before or right after something and happened. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's important too. And that's. You know, we, we call them liminal times. It's a thing, you know, for sure. When these moments of, you know, stress or whatever it is, these things tend to follow. I don't think that makes them any less real or any less important, but they do come around those times. Yeah. Yeah. So a weird little synchronicity story, probably about, I don't know, 2021-ish. I was really trying to like meditate and like just call my mind and like, get some inner peace and stuff. And really what I was trying to do the, the entire time was like focus light into my body, uh, just like bringing in the light, mm-hmm. bringing it to the core of myself. And I, I found it extremely hard to do it, but I could see it and visualize it. And like, I could never like pull it in, into myself. Been doing this for a couple months. And uh, one day I was at a job site and I was actually fixed to leave the job site in this little Hispanic lady gets out of her car and she looks at me and I see her like double take me and then she just walks straight towards me and introduces herself and she's like I don't know why but God wanted me to come talk to you and I was like okay you know I was like oh you know I was I was raised Christian and did all this stuff and I'm real you know organized religion it's not for me blah 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 she's like no it's not where you go she's like it's not about where you go she's like it's about letting the light into your heart hmm. and she's like you have to let the light into your heart i was like wait what like that's exactly what i've been trying to do through like meditation and then she went on to tell me like basically how she was brought over here and how like she's a horrible story and her coming over is like three or four years old but yeah i thought that was a, a really weird synchronicity like yeah that's what i'm trying to do and she felt compelled to come tell me yeah I do have a pretty cool dream about 
what I call like the cave of rebirth. It was uh, go to sleep, wake up, and I'm in this big old mansion, this 1800s. It looked like a hotel. It's like bustling with people and everybody's in this big vibrant mood. You know, like walk around the place and I see a dog that I lost probably 10 years prior and she's running around and I was like, oh, you're here. You know, it's like, oh, you're dead. It's crazy. You know, like, what are you doing here? And she's just super happy to see me and everybody's like, oh, you know, Poe, blah, 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 you know, talking to me and uh, super energetic atmosphere and everybody's gearing up to go do something. I'm like, what's everybody doing? Like, there's a big festival tonight. Something's going on. And so I realize everybody's kind of gravitating towards this spot. And I look out of the, the hotel and everybody's kind of marching down to the, through this valley, kind of like by a little creek. Uh, there's big hills on both sides. And everybody's kind of like venturing down to this cave opening in the, in the ground. And so we kind of like get in line. I was like, what is, it's like, what is, what is everybody doing? But I get in line with these people that are all going down and everybody's talking about what they're going to do. And they're so excited and all this stuff. And I get down there and I realize that not only Poe, but like all of these people are dead. There's people with like disfigured faces all these people were dead and just waiting in line to do this thing. I don't know what they were, what they were going to do, but is that the only explanation? I was like, man, it's, they're all going to be reborn. Like they're going through this cave in the ground for like some sort of energy transfer or some plane change. But yeah, I didn't go through it and uh, I, I stayed back there and I remember going back to that hotel a couple more times and my dog's always there. Huh. Like she hasn't chose to leave either. Like she's just in this place waiting for you. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's really interesting. So you, you've that's gone back in, in other dreams in, in other words. Yeah, definitely. Same place. That's the only time that it was this festival time or like when they were actually doing something. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I went, went back to that, that place several times. That's really interesting. Joseph, thank you for your stories. Thanks for coming on Strange Familiars. Yeah, thanks for having me, Tim. Before we get to our curiosity of the week, I want to mention Maynard's GoFundMe one more time. He's really in this kind of chaotic state right now kind of in and out of the hospital and back to his apartment and stuff. And he obviously hasn't been able to work because he's been in the hospital so much. He could really use the help. The link for his GoFundMe is in the show notes under this episode at strangefamiliars.com. If you can help him, please do. All right. This is a Masonic... Ribbon? Please tell what this is. <laughs> I can't. I don't have words. <laughs> Which is inconvenient for people doing a podcast, right? not having words. I frequently do not have words either, but... Morning ribbon. So that's yeah, the I believe I it is uh, because most of the time they're quite colorful. And this one is black and gold. So this is from Hummelstown. Mm -hmm. So this is Dairy Council number 40. Not the kind of dairy you would presume for Hummelstown. This is a D-E-R-R-Y, kind mm -hmm. of like, like Dairy Ireland, right? I think so. And it's black and gold Masonic ribbon. And it's pretty snazzy. I like stuff like that. Virtue, liberty... Patriotism. This is your comments on on it, or this is no. It says that on <laughs> it, but it does have a um, 
what is the uh, Masonic symbol? It's a yeah, I don't know. It's like a caliper or something. I don't know. It's exactly like a what caliper it is. and a ruler or something. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan of right angles. How about that? <laughs> I feel like we we just can't even hold a regular conversation. I know anymore. we we got in over our head with this. <laughs> I know it's it's just too hot, and we're and we've been. Um, There's also an arm holding a some sort of hammer or something. Yeah, very uh, kind of Rosie the Riveter, except for not Rosie. Mm-hmm. Like, how about Billy the Mason? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, anyway, this will be our curiosity of the week. You can I'll, just look at it yourself and decide if you like it. I'll take a photo of it. Our commentary is useless. <laughs> Completely useless and ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> you, whoever People probably know way more about this than we do. I know. We're just, it, it's like most of the internet. It's just BS. We're just making it up as we go along. It's a neat ribbon, it's and it's probably ribbon. a morning ribbon, and we'll take a photo of it. We'll put it in the show notes. And if you like that sort of thing, please help us out and buy it. Click on it. Take you to our Etsy shop where you can purchase this and other curiosities of the week, those that are left. And if it's your thing to correct us, which you know is another internet thing, mm. feel free. <laughs> yes. I, I, mean, I, have a, I have a special folder in my Gmail for the corrections that come in. Do you really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you add all the people that write to me on eBay? <laughs> it's, it's, it looks shaped like a trash can. Yeah. Just go right in there. <laughs> While you're at our Etsy shop, check out our other stuff. You know what else is there, Allison? I do, actually. I can see it sitting over here. Yeah, <laughs> the back stock sitting right okay. within my... Copies of my books. I've got every one of my books in stock right now. We got restocks. We got plenty of them. If you purchase them from Etsy, they come signed. My art book, Apparitions, Illustrations of the Other, that's the only place you can get it other than Riverbend Comics. They have it as well. My new art book, Elzik's Farewell, is there. We have a few copies of Monsters Under the Hospital Bed left. There's not too many left. I think John at Riverbend might have some extra, so I might be able to get some back from him. But for now, we only have a couple on hand, so I wouldn't sleep on that. There's artwork at Etsy, originals, and prints. By the time this episode drops, I should have my print of Our Lady of Fatima, which is with the coloring by Jesse Hickey. That should be available again. That's been sold out for a little bit. That should be back in stock. There's original art there as well. If I did artwork for this episode, you can get the artwork for this episode there. I usually put the episode art up around the same time as the episode drops. We have at Etsy Strange Familiars t-shirts, the Awoken Tree design in the original blue, and Glow in the Dark. Don't know if we'll ever make the Glow in the Dark ones again. It's firefly season. Yeah, you want those Glow in the Dark shirts? You want those Glow in the Dark shirts. Strange Familiar stickers, patches... Allison has lots of antique and vintage photography up there as well. Check it all out. Link is in the show notes, but our Etsy shop name is Lost Grave. But if you type in Strange Familiars, you should see our stuff come up. I've been making these paracord rosaries. I just saw them and I thought they looked really cool. Kind of real tough rosaries and strong, rugged. I I just (laughs) like the way they look, right? Yeah, because we do have a fair amount of rosaries just hanging about here that basically look like necklaces there's a lot of rosaries around the house yeah yeah and actually the great irony is that i really like i used to make a lot of necklaces that had the same kind of chain Mm -hmm. and i can really quite literally make that in my sleep and if you wanted me to make that i could have them done in like no time but you're welcome to start (laughs) making regular rosaries i feel like that'd be a bit of a poser move wouldn't it it's up to you But I've been making these paracord rosaries. Yeah. I saw them online. I thought, oh, they look really neat. Yeah. Oh, I have to be able to figure this out. I think I figured it out. Yeah. 
and I've been putting them up. As I make them, I put them up. Every one I've put up is sold so far. I really like them. I mean, they're really cool. So if you're into rosaries, paracord rosaries, look for them in our Etsy shop. Right now, there's not anything up there. I'm waiting for some extra rosary parts. But as soon as I get them, I'll, I'll keep putting them up. I'll probably just put them up one at a time because each one is a little bit different than the other. So I have to mm-hmm. photograph them and put them up. Handmade by me. So that's at Etsy as well. Again, shop name is Lost Grave. Link is in the show notes. If you type in Strange Familiars, our stuff will come up. The rosaries are in the Flowered Path section. While you're on Etsy, check out Chad Shop, Ruck Rabbit Outdoors. Check out our friends at Karmic Garden. And by next week, there'll be a totally new in-person place to buy some of your things. We'll talk about it next week. Okay. And don't forget our friends. They're not on Etsy, but they're our friends at Riverbend Comics. John, who you hear on the show sometimes, and Sam, who you've heard on the show, with John usually. They run Riverbend Comics. Great friends of ours. They will be having, if it's not up by the time you hear this, they'll have it soon. Department of Truth number 18, they made sketch covers. I did one other one that they sold pretty quickly. So this is an original piece of art. It's a Bigfoot that I've done on this Department of Truth cover. They'll have that over at Riverbend Comics. You can get it from them. Riverbendcomics.com. I think that's all the business we have. I really feel like I need a gavel. Just a... Yeah, just... Complete. Mm-hmm. Are you the secretary? Who's taking the minutes? So we know we can cover. I think the little recorder is taking the minutes. Oh, yeah, there we go. We have a, someone handling Apologies it. on my... T- I think it's the heat. It just makes me incoherent. Like I can't finish a sentence. Or- we lost our words. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back soon with more Strange Familiars. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts. Intro and background music by Stonebreath. And you can find more or purchase music by Stonebreath at stonebreath.bandcamp.com. Also have some merch there. All the Stonebreath albums, of course, but Elzik's Farewell, the new art book is available there. And some other... Your Hellier contribution is related, there, right? Uh, Wilderness Geist, yeah, the, 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 which they use for the soundtrack of, I think it was episode 10 of season 2 of Hellier. The finale, right? Yeah. Lots of stuff there at the Stone Breath Bandcamp, stonebreath.bandcamp.com. Strange Familiars is on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars. You can join the Strange Familiars gathering group there. We are on Instagram. Our Instagram handle is at... (laughs) (laughs) What else do you call it? Your Instagram name? I don't know. Your handle. Instagram handle. At strangefamiliars, one word. And you can find us on the web at strangefamiliars.com. Strangefamiliars.com. Dot com. It's like a trick question.